welcome to H2O in the Know, a lively podcast where we'll look into all things water. And in this episode, we're recording from the Berkeley Springs International Water Tasting in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. I'm Chris Torres, your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk about this lovely event here in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, with international water tasting host and water master, Arthur Von Wiesenberger. And Arthur, how are you today? Well, Chris, I'm great. Thank you so much, and great to be on the show with you. And it's great to meet you, and this looks like an amazing event, and everyone is definitely really friendly and and excited about all the water here this weekend. Uh, I know I definitely am. So let's talk about this event. This is the 28th year. How'd you get involved in the beginning? Well, I had been doing water tastings elsewhere, and uh, one of their marketing people for Travel Berkeley Springs found me and said, gee, you know, we're here in West Virginia, in Berkeley Springs, which is known for its water. This is where presidents, the founding fathers of this nation, came to bathe and take the waters. We should do a water tasting in Berkeley Springs and and get the attention that the town deserves as far as as a water center. And so uh, in 1991, uh, we had our first water tasting, and uh, it kept growing from there. Uh, And now it's in its 28th year. And what were you doing at the time uh, when this started? Well, I've been involved in the water industry since I came out with my first book in 1978. I wrote a book called Oasis, The Complete Guide to Bottled Water Throughout the World. And uh, that launched a career uh, as a consultant in the water industry. I worked for Anheuser-Busch, Nestle, Avion, and most of the major water companies both in the United States and overseas. And uh, so that kind of uh, was a natural progression with what I was doing to, to oversee the actual evaluation of water by appearance, taste, aftertaste. And what was the first uh, tasting here like? The first tasting here, I think people were very curious because they'd never heard of a water tasting before. Uh, it was fairly new uh, in, at that time. There had been about two or three other ones that I'd been involved in, but uh, it wasn't something that was done for the public. But this was the first time people actually could come and sit and watch uh, judges tasting these waters and scoring them just like you would with a wine tasting. So what's it like here at this event from day to day during the weekend? Well, this event is really a, now become something of more of a conference and, and, and seminar, convention, mini trade show. It's a chance for people to exchange ideas. You get a lot of people who are in the water business, professionals. We heard from some of them in today's seminar. And you also get a lot of people who are wanting to get in the water business. Uh, we have a number of people in the audience who either have just started bottling water or even they've just got a spring and they're thinking about getting in the bottled water business. Of course, it's one thing to have a spring, it's another thing to actually turn that into a commercial endeavor, and it's a big leap and a lot of work to make it happen. There are a lot of participants that are going to be here this weekend from a lot of different places, and there are a lot of waters also. Where's everyone coming from? You know, we've had people from all over the world here, and uh, this year we have entries from New Zealand. We have a water called Kopu that's just been bottled in a can, one of the first uh, uh, sparkling canned waters we've seen in Berkeley Springs. We also have water from Turkey and uh, that water is in a sort of single-serve plastic glass. You peel off the foil and just drink it. So there's a lot of different kinds of packaging in a lot of different countries. We probably have water from over 50, maybe 60 countries in the years we've been doing this event. This year the four latest editions are Cyprus, Tobago, Jamaica, 
and, uh, and Turkey. So we're really excited to see some new, uh, new countries added to the list. And we've also got some waters from uh, other states we haven't had before. We've almost got all states in the, in the nation except uh, I think Nevada is one we're missing in Rhode Island, but pretty much everybody else we have. How excited are our participants to come here and show off their water? It's a great thing because it's really a celebration of water. We uh, like to honor water and we talk about how important it is to life. And if they happen to place in the water tasting, uh, they can win uh, either a gold, a silver, or a bronze medal. And they get uh, a beautiful statuette and a certificate and so forth. Uh, if they don't win, we don't announce the losers. We only announce the winners because um, that this is a celebration. It's not, not a uh, I'm better than you kind of thing. What's the excitement like in general here in town when this is going on? I know when I drove up, you know, I knew I was in the right place when I saw a line of people just waving and, and just clapping and waving signs everywhere. So I, I knew I was definitely in the right place. So how excited does the town get about this event? It really is a big event for Berkeley Springs. This is one of the biggest events they put on all year long. And a lot of people uh, come into town. Uh, hotels get filled out. As, as you probably know, most of the hotels in town have no space available. You even have to go further afield to find rooms. Uh, restaurants are full. And traditionally, February, the third week in February in Berkeley Springs, was a pretty quiet time of the year because it was cold weather. But uh, this has changed all those dynamics, and now people flood into town. So can you tell me a little bit more about the background of this event? Were the categories always the same, or did more kind of get introduced over time? We started out with just a, a spring water and municipal water categories. And that was in the first few years. Then we added the packaging award. And packaging was uh, something that was obviously growing because people were looking at packaging and the shapes and, and sizes and the mouth, hand feel and how it handled and how it opened. And that became an important thing. Plus, we had an expert in packaging who would help explain to the audience how to vote on it. Um, so beyond municipal, uh, non-carbonated, and sparkling, we then, in I think the early 2001 or so, added purified water, which uh, was growing, certainly with, with the birth of Dasani and Aquafina, uh, a lot more uh, processed waters were out in the marketplace. And this year, for the first time, we've added a new category in the People's Choice Award, which is sparkling flavor essence water. And we have a, a number of entries from uh, both internationally and domestically that are producing flavored sparkling waters. So what are some customary uh, traditions that happen during this event? I saw online that there's kind of a ceremonial dash at the end to kind of grab all the different waters. It's nicknamed the Water Rush. And the Water Rush is the very climax of this weekend. And it's really for the public's benefit. Because if you might have noticed, in the conference area near the tasting tables, there's this large display of all the bottles of water that have been entered. And we're talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of bottles of water. And uh, it's to show the audience how many kinds there are and all the different shapes and, and, and different destinations they come from. So it's a, view, a really nice visual. And Jeannie Mosier of Travel Berkeley Springs puts together that design. Uh, well, the first year we said, well, what are we going to do with this? We've got a lot of bottles of water now. What are we going to do? And they finally came, well, let's let the audience just you know, grab what they want and take it at the end because that way we can clear out all the bottles. <laughs> That's well, that became a big... Uh, a, a big fun event because people would come from all over the, the region. Some of them 
really seasoned water rushers who would figure out how to get the most number of bottles into suitcases or bags or whatever they brought with them. And we'd see people hauling uh, just dozens of bottles of water out of here. Uh, it, it achieved two things. One is it got all the water out of the place so we were clear, but it also gave people a chance to really try some interesting water. So it's, it's a bit of a crazy moment because it's a rush and everybody's trying to get in there and we try to make sure that no one gets hurt. Uh, but it, it is a, a, a fun annual event. That'll be something to see tomorrow night. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. So can you explain a little bit more about your background in water? Uh, when and how did you get into water? I started my interest in water as a kid. Uh, I grew up overseas in Italy, and my parents didn't let me drink soft drinks. And so when we went out, wherever we went, there was always bottled water. And if you know, in Italy, there are hundreds of different brands of bottled water. It's a very regional business for the most part. So wherever we were, there'd be a different type of water. And I kept a log of the waters I was drinking because there were some I really liked and some I wasn't that crazy about. So I'd, I'd focus in on the differences. Well, people thought that was kind of wacky uh, when I came to the States. And they all said, well, we just drink tap water. I go, well, uh, you know, tap water, uh, Southern California, it's tap water. You can chew it. It's so bad with minerals and chemicals and all this other stuff. And so I started just drinking bottled water. Well, someone said, kept asking me questions about it, and it eventually evolved into an article about water. And the article turned into a book in 1978 called Oasis, The Complete Guide to Bottled Water Throughout the World. And that's when I started getting into the, into the industry and working with the beer. Uh, Anheuser-Busch was a particularly good person to be working with because they trained me about water because water is such an important component in making good beer. So they, were, they had lots of parameters of how to evaluate water, and that's what they sent me on my quest for, was to find them the springs that they could acquire for bottling water and also as augmentation water for their beer making. Do you have a favorite kind of water? Oh, I have a, I have a water cellar at home. <laughs> and uh, I have some of my favorites. By the way, I love saving water because uh, as long as it's in a good container and it's kept dark and cool, uh, you can keep water for quite a while. Uh, but in case of an emergency, there's nothing more important than water. I mean, you know, whether it's a fire or a flood or, um, you know, whatever else goes on, water is the first thing you want to have, both for yourself and for your pets. So as far as a favorite water, yeah, I have a couple, um, and I don't really want to endorse a particular brand, but I can tell you which ones go well with certain things, like, for example, with food. Uh, if you're having a meal, one of the best waters uh, while you're eating is a French water called Badois from the Loire Valley. That's a really good one. Um, if you want to make a, a, a mixing drink, like for example, a lot of people like to have a little white wine with a little bit of uh, sparkling water. Perrier is a great one for that because it, it uh, has a lot of carbonation. So it, it, it doesn't get diluted too much with some wine. Um, I love, um, uh, in the U.S., Mountain Valley. Uh, it's one of America's first waters, and uh, it's uh, terrific, consistent, day in and day out. It always tastes good and always tastes the same. And I like some of the flavored waters that are coming out. I've had some very interesting ones uh, at home. I have uh, cans of LaCroix. Uh, Voss has recently introduced some sparkling water with flavor. Um, and, and, so, and then even like New York seltzer uh, in a can. Water in a can is not a bad option because it's lightweight and it doesn't break. And... Uh, uh, you can recycle aluminum just like you can PET. What's the biggest thing you hope people learn or take away from this event? I would hope that people don't take water for granted uh, from this event. I think you, 
what we try to do is light a spark, let people realize that, wait a second, not all waters are the same. I mean, after all, they're tasting waters and there's differences. So why are those differences there? And that opens up the conversation to, well, there's minerals and there's trace elements or there's processing or there's different kinds of packaging. All those can influence the taste. So it makes people think, wow, not all water is the same after all. You know, I turn on the tap, well, it tastes like chlorine. I turn on the tap in another town, well, that tastes like chlorine too. But in reality, water, and especially bottled water, is all very unique. It's like a fingerprint. No two uh, waters are the same. And I think that helps you bring about an appreciation to what is really the most important substance on this planet. All right. And Arthur, I want to thank you again for joining us and allowing us to record from this event this weekend. And it's really great. And I can't wait until the public comes in tomorrow and just just come in and see their excitement. So uh, that's it for this episode of H2O in the Know. Be sure to check out our other episodes from the Berkeley Springs International Water Tasting. We'll see you next time. Royalty-free-music-library.com.